Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Saya, and today we're here to talk about how to master the first 30 seconds of your cold calls. We're all sellers here. We've all had to do at least one cold call. It could be a brutal experience or a very big experience that gives you a rush. So we're going to make sure that it's more of the former instead of the, uh, the latter or the more of the latter instead of the former. So that way you can actually feel really confident in your cold calls and you can actually guide the conversation where you want it to go. As always, I'd love to know where are you guys tuning in from? Throw it in the chat. We're usually worldwide. It's great to see. So we're soon going to be seeing this chat blow up here. Guys, make sure to switch your chat to everyone. So click that blue button and switch it to everyone. It automatically defaults to host and panelists. So we need it to go to everyone so I can see it. All right. So I got Anthony here from Great Britain. Welcome, Anthony. Great to see you here. Danny from Chicago. Welcome, Danny. And Joseph from Israel. Wow. We really are global today. So thank you all for tuning in. This is going to be a great one for you all today. Now, who are our speakers? We have the one and only Call Guys in the room. We have Kevin Hopp. He's, also, he's a co-founder of the Call Guys. And Ronan Passar. He's a co-founder of the Call Guys as well. Now, Kevin, what can reps do to overcome the fear of cold calling? That is a fantastic question. Uh, first off, thank you for having us here today. You know, this is something that Ronan and I can talk about on and on and on. So let's get it started by talking about how we can build confidence. My favorite way to build confidence. There's always picking up the phone. There's always the idea of we need to make a lot of calls. But I am always getting confidence in my career from having a plan, having a structure, not just pick up the phone and saying, I'm going to hit 100 hours today. I'm going to make at least 75 dollars but I'm going to call these people for this reason. And when you have a plan and a structure behind what you're doing, you're going to automatically feel a lot more like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm not just randomly calling anyone in my CRM. So having a structured plan, how you do your whole plan is step one. that feeling very confident. I love that. I love that. And that confidence is going to play a huge role in a lot of these openers that we're going to be teaching you all, especially when it comes to that tone. So before we get into it any further, I want to tell you guys, we do this show daily. Yes, daily. We have a show every day. So if you guys want to know what's upcoming and grab some additional resources that we have from over 100 top sales professionals, go ahead and scan this QR code or visit us at sellbetter.xyz. Also, I have another little goodie for you guys here. Starting Monday, we are going to be starting a social branding cohort. That's right. We're going to teach you all how to take your social branding to the next level with an easy to replicate process where we will have posts ready and done for you. Now, we're looking for 20 lucky members to, to join this cohort. So I'm going to drop the link in the chat. If you feel like you got what it takes to join this and take your branding to the next level, sign up now and click that link. We wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So big special shout out to Zoom Info. If you guys don't know, Zoom Info is one of the best ways to find contact information on all of your prospects and really get those insights that you've been looking for in your pipeline. So be sure to check them out. And the drop of the day, of course, we have a custom prospecting list that you guys can get right away 
from Zoom Info themselves with JB Sales. It's going to be right here. I'm dropping the link in the chat. Be sure to check it out. So what are we covering today? But before I go into it, I want to know who is in the room? Do we have SDRs? Do we have AEs? Maybe some frontline managers or senior leadership? Let me know. It helps tailor the conversation. If I'm seeing that there's a lot of frontline managers, I'm going to say, hey, Ronan, how can frontline managers prepare their reps with cold calling? If I see there's a lot of SDRs, I'm going to say, hey, Kevin, when it comes to these SDRs, how can they start making more dials more effectively? So let me know who's in the room. It makes a big difference. So we're going to be covering today how to research effectively at scale, captivating, creating that captivating cold call opener. How can you hook your prospect right away? And lastly, how to transition seamlessly to that value prop so it doesn't just sound like you're pitching. All right, we want to make sure that the prospect is very curious and they want to know what you're selling. So I'm seeing here that we have up to 14% frontline managers and 30% AEs. Ronan, does this surprise you at all? <laughs> Not a ton. I mean, the people who show up to this, like myself and my my heyday, are the people who want to get better. So it's the people on the front lines. Um, but love that the managers are here too, because those are the folks who want their team to get better. So kudos to both groups for showing up today and investing in yourself by growing, showing up to J Sales. By the way, fun fact, the very first sales course I ever took was Filling the Funnel by John Barrows. This was like in 2015, long time ago. And that's how I got my career started as a cold caller, believe it or not. So kudos to JB. Love it. Love it. And it is one of the best ways to set a proper foundation for yourself. So big shout out to JB. Now let's just get right into it. I'm seeing here that we had a quote from the pre-call. And it's one oh, thing yeah. you said, Ronan, that really stuck with me. You said, research is not on the individual, but on the aggregated list. What did you mean by this in regards to doing research for your cold calling? Like, look, this is one of the things that you'll see a raging debate on LinkedIn that gets heated sometimes. And, and it's okay. You know, some of us like to push a little bit. Here's the side of the debate that I take very firmly, which is stop researching before every cold call. It is a huge waste of time. Now, lots of people are going to be like, wait, wait, wait. But like, that's how I get confident. I know what I'm going to say. I know that the person went to Ohio State University. I went on their Twitter and I saw a picture of their dog. So I know they have a dog. It's like, okay, let's pump the brakes a little bit. It's better to be relevant than it is to be personal. Mm. And here's what I mean by that. Relevancy is all about that person's likely pain point that they could experience in their role based on their persona, based on the things that they do every day. And if you're able to be relevant to them, you'll get their attention. Now, if you're personal, if you're talking about their life, you may get their attention, but it also could come off as one, not related to what you're actually reaching out about, and two, kind of creepy. So we pitch and teach all the people that we work with, whether it's consulting or in our training, we teach them an approach, which is a list-based research. So basically, if you're going to bucket all of your prospects into similar lists, a group of folks who have similar pain points should go together. And if there's a different group with different pain points, they go into a different bucket. Then when you call on those lists, you can have a script that is geared for that persona or the other one. So you can do research based on a cohort, based on a group of people. 
But the research will cover thousands and thousands of prospects for an unlimited amount of time. It's about being relevant, not being personal. Mm, this is very important. And I really want to know from our audience here, put a one in the chat. If you guys do research before every call, are you doing it individually? And put a two, if you're grouping up your research, you're doing it more by relevancy and you're just reaching out to a list already. Oh, what's up, Anish? A lot of people here like, know. looks like we have uh, a lot, a mix of ones and twos in yeah, the chat, right? That's good. Yeah, it's great. And, and Kevin, what do you like to do when it comes to this research? Um, how do you know what company to batch with what theme? It's a great question. So, um, you know, one of the big reasons why we suggest this list-based research approach is because there is a binary nature to sales development. You have to be making outbound calls. You have to be doing things in order to get results. One of the things the reps get caught up on is, oh, man, I want to research everything about Acme Corporation, know everything about Adrian, everything about John. But the truth fact matter the, uh, of, of it all is whether you know where John went to school or what Adrian, you know, where Adrian worked last doesn't change the amount of, you know, the percentage of time he's going to actually pick up the phone. So when, when you're asking like, who do you put in these lists? You have to really think about your personas, the people that you're trying to talk to. And it really comes down to, to one thing in my mind, which is the busiest challenges that they're going to have. And the business challenge that a CEO has is not going to be the same business challenge that a manager might have, or that maybe even a rep or you know a frontline representative of whatever kind of vertical you're selling into. So it's about understanding the personas that you want to sell to, and you batch by persona, and the persona should have a correlating kind of pain point or a business challenge that you could speak to. And it's not the same for everybody. You're not just saying. Hey, this is what I do. Do you want? This is what I do. Do you want? This is what I do. Do you want? Which is what a lot of people do. So that, that's that's my take. And Adrian, you know, I'll I'll call out one of the hot debates that did go down about three months ago on LinkedIn was Ian Koniak, who's amazing, posted this thing about like, I don't believe in cold calling. I think it's a huge waste of time and energy. I believe in warm calling. And he was a huge proponent for this approach of like research everyone, research everyone. So we ended up having this whole debate. I'll drop the link to that like back and forth in LinkedIn because it got a little heated. But the <laughs> bottom line was like what we're talking about here. It was, hey, sometimes it makes sense to do that. But majority of the time, it probably won't. So definitely a good one to, to pop some popcorn there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anish, definitely true. You want to get some popcorn and read that thread because I'm sure it's going to be spicy. Now, I want to know from our audience, do you guys do research before a cold call? You know, back in my first sales job, I was always under the pressure of management of just make more dials. So I just totally forego the research process. I made 125 calls as quick as I can and just try to get someone on the phone. But it definitely came with some downsides. I didn't I didn't learn the difference until much later when the research played a massive role. So I'm already seeing a, a, ma a major point of people here saying about 55% saying sometimes only the big ones, the major tiers. Are they researching? So I can totally see this. Now, Kevin, you mentioned something in the pre-call that I thought was super interesting, and that's this idea of a buying pyramid. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here. And can you tell me more about this? Why does this have anything to do with, with cold calling? That's a great question. So let's clarify. I just want everyone to understand that there is cold calling. And then there is some sales calls you make that are not necessarily cold, right? Ronan and I are the, the case of outbound prospecting. 
pull the cold card. And this is a tool that we use to help people understand what you're going to run into when you cold call. These are people you have no sort of you know relationship with. It's not a referral. It's not a, hey, I talked to John. He told me to talk to you. I would do research before you make those kinds of calls. So what we're looking at here, this is the buying buyer's pyramid. It, it's uh, actually a concept that a famous sales trainer in Chet Holmes came up with many years ago. He passed away, RIP. Um, but this is something that kind of rings true when you look at mature B2B markets. So depending on what you're selling, it might be a little different. This percentages are going to be a little different. But what we're looking at is imagine everybody in your total addressable market in a pyramid. So these are all people that can fill in this pyramid. When you call, if you have a hundred conversations, you know, three of them are going to be the best conversations ever. Hey, it's Kevin with the Acme Corporation. Do you want what I'm selling? Absolutely. We're buying now. Then you're going to find people that have the challenges, which are open to it. But then you're going to find that the majority of your market, you know, everything from about not thinking about it all the way down, these are people that were not thinking about the business challenge you solve. They're not looking to buy right now. They, they don't have budget. They're not in the cycle of doing this. So this is a really good model to help cold callers understand that if you take a conversational approach, you can actually get deeper into the pyramid. You can talk to people that aren't thinking about it. You can talk to people that don't think they're interested. The only people that are going to be rude to you are really that, you know, that three out of 10 that know they're not interested, probably know what you do and are going to slam you off the phone. But this is a really good model for helping cold callers like understand what you're going to get when you go outbound and have conversations. That's great to know. And Ronan, when it comes to this pyramid, how do you know who's in what category of the pyramid? I'm actually seeing Anthony in the chat here says, what would you count as planning for research, yeah. right? So how does that relate to this pyramid? So we'll get back into the research in a second, but what Kevin said is really important because this is the de facto data, the like the holy grail. Chet Holmes put out this book, The Ultimate Sales Machine, and before he passed away, um, he was touring the world doing speaking circuits about this concept in his book. And now a lot of people have extracted different meanings and interpretations of the buying pyramid. But the big one that we see is with cold calling, the point of your call is to target that middle 60%. So Kevin's point there is that's why when you're doing your research, you don't want to make it personal. You want to think about that 60% of people who have the pain that you solve, but either aren't thinking about it or they don't think they're interested. So the goal again of the cold call for so many of us um, is to target that middle 60% because the bottom 30% will never buy, will never take a meeting. The top 10% will typically find their way to you. And that's gravy when we call them because they are awesome. Like they're the ones who are, if you've ever had this, like 10% of your conversations are amazing. It's because you're tapping into that top 10%. That's like ready to go. But that middle 60%, the research should get into a common challenge they have, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, but a common problem they have that you can talk about in a quick question or two to sort of get them thinking about it on the cold call um, so that they go, huh, that's interesting. You know, I never thought of that. Or, oh yeah, we do have that challenge. So the point of the call is to target that middle group, which means that the research that you're going to do should just be around that persona, that body of people, their typical challenges for the thing that your product solves. That's great. That's absolutely great. And one thing you mentioned, Kevin, in the pre-call was how you can use the buying pyramid for initial resistance. 
Now, I'm sure everyone in the crowd, you know, has been in this situation where they call someone and they're like, you're a salesman. I already know you're a seller. I'm going to get off the phone now. So how do you use the buying pyramid to combat the initial resistance? I think it, it, if you understand that this is going to be your market, you should understand that most of the time when you call, people are not buying now. They're, you know, and, and there's also this concept of like a lot of kind of old school trainers teach this like pain based thing and go find the pain and like teach people to ask questions about pain right away. Like, is this painful? Does it suck? And you're going to find that most people are not on fire. It's not like you, you, you're, you're calling people's houses that are on fire, selling fire extinguishers. Most people are like, no, no, it's good. No, we're, we're good, man. Everything's fine. I have a competitor solution. It's not broken. My company still make a revenue. My paycheck shows up tomorrow. So if you understand that, then you can design a talk track that's actually designed to probe and provoke as opposed to simply show up and say, Hey, my name's Kevin. I sell this. Would you like to take a demo? I'd love to get you on a demo. And a lot of people out there, I mean, we hear it running that year all the time. A lot of people out there think that cold calling is simply calling people in the market saying, hi, I do this. Do you want to buy it? Well, you're only going to have success about what, three, four, maybe 4% of the time. So really important to understand your market. Love that. Love that. Very true. Understand your market and don't get discouraged. Like we said, it's 4% who are ready to say yes, right? Right away. You just got to be thinking about that 60% and how you can engage them very thoughtfully in that conversation. So speaking about engaging them and hooking them in, you got to have a good opener. Now, before we get into this, I would love to hear from everyone in our audience. What is your go-to opener? Go ahead and write it in the chat. Would love to see some of these. Are you doing permission-based and non-permission-based? Do you have a specific phrase you like to do, say? Just throw it in there. Would love to see it. So, Kevin, when it comes to how to nail the opener, you mentioned these two things. You want to nail your tone and use a permission-based opener. Uh, can you tell me about these? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, cold calling is unique in that you are not in front of this person. The research actually shows that most of communication is nonverbal. So if all we have on a cold call is our voice, the tone of your voice, which we're going to get up, uh, we're, we're going to get into what makes up tone in a little bit here, but the tone of your voice is the biggest tool you have to convey emotion and energy, which gets people open-minded, it gets them thinking differently, gets them out of uh, this reactive state that they might be in of, oh my God, salesperson. So we're going to talk about tone a little bit. It's a really important piece. And then a permission-based opener. This is something that uh, people get kind of heated about. But if you really think about it, like cold calling is one of the only forms of sales that is done absolutely on my time. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like on the rep's time. Like I want to talk about this right now. I'm calling you got lives man you know they got kids got the dog barking you know especially during covid i used to hear on cold calls i cold called a lot during covid i ran an agency that did outbound calling and man we would hear all sorts of stuff going on in the background so the permission-based opener is really just a very human approach to cold calling to establishing hey are you like heads down something and i'm interrupting you and you're gonna be really angry about this or do you have a minute oh. so we are uh, very passionate that if you get your phone right use your permission-based opener. That's really the recipe to open a full call. Okay. I really like how you broke that down. And I actually want to go over some of these that we have in the chat here. Anthony mm -hmm. says, my permission-based is, hey, 
We haven't spoken before, and I probably caught you in the middle of something, but can I take a minute to explain why I'm calling, and you can tell me if it's worth continuing the conversation. Ronan, how do you like Beautiful. that one? Beautiful. I want to reinforce what Kevin just said, and I'm going to drop this in the chat. You guys know the 738.55 rule? This is what communication breaks down to. 7% is the words you say, 38% is your tone, and 55% is your body language. Uh, that is a hotly debated study, by the way. So there's a lot of people who think that it's totally false, but uh, we'll stick with it because it's a very popularly quoted study. So if that is true, even somewhat true, then the words only matter 7% in the context of the 100% of what I'm communicating. So your opener, it's way more important to get your tone down. And we're going to get into some tactics for how to control the right tone, what the right tone sounds like. But the words, honestly, you can only pick between like good and okay. There's a few things you could say that are absolutely terrible, um, but it's very rare that you could say anything that would be horrible. Even the like, you know, the the one that your manager goes, don't say this, which is like, hey, how are you? Like, you could totally get away with that. Kevin does it all the time when we do our live cold call <laughs> show every other week yeah. and he lands it and be, he lands it because he sounds great when he's doing it. So it's all about how you sound more than what you say. But if you're going to go for the certain kind of a script with the permission-based opener, my advice would be keep it short and answer the two big questions on every prospect's mind. Two questions. Who are you? And what is this about? <laughs> every single person. Every, every single person. Time. We literally heard someone yesterday on a cold call competition we were coaching uh, we heard someone literally say to the person, who are you and what is this about? Yep. <laughs> like they verbalized it. The thing that we know is on every prospect's mind because they get an unknown number. Sometimes it might even say spam depending on the caller ID. And then they pick it up and they're like, is this my kid's school? Is it the callback from the client? Who is it important? Is it urgent? So you have to, this is a big rule in cold calling, use disclosure disclose, disclose, disclose. Here is who I am. Here's what this is about. So when it comes into it, I hit them with the really basic, quick, simple, hey, Adrian. How's it going? Friendly, hello. <laughs> Adrian, doing really well. Ronan from the call, guys. How have you been? I like that. You, you just sound very, the tone there sounds very warm and it flows right into it. That's right. That's right. And I asked the the typical, like, how have you been? Because to me, that indicates that there's some history there. It's a little bit of a friendlier one, but the words don't matter so much as we just said. It's that tone, that warm and friendly. And if you're going for a tone, that's one that's easy to start with, the beginner level tone. Just talk like you do with your friends. You know, like one of your favorite friends just calls you. You're super excited when you see their name show up on the phone. How do you sound? That's the tone you want to land which I, I think is a great beginner level tone to start with the warm and friendly. Now, I want to give our audience something that they can just screenshot and also take away, right? Because we've been talking about these these uh, openers and you actually gave us a good script that people can follow. Can you tell me about this? Why have you seen this work so well? Do you have any data behind it? Oh, yeah. Uh, so when it comes to the, the data, all right, I'm a little bit nutty. I actually spent a few weeks making, I think it was actually over a few months, uh, making 3,000 dials and tried six different openers that I'd seen on LinkedIn. People were touting them. Um, I didn't try anything that was like, did I catch you at a bad time? Do you have, uh, I actually did try the 27 second one. 
and I posted my results uh, on LinkedIn. You can find it on my profile. And believe it or not, this opener landed four out of five. Sure, go ahead. Tell me what this is about. The worst one <laughs> did about 57%, so closer to half of the of the prospects said, sure, go ahead. I tried things from uh, the, the gurus that y'all know and things from uh, like the deep, dark corners of the web. But the reason this one works the best is it's an adapted version of something that Sandler trains on. And I uh, was super inspired by Sarah Brazier, who's incredible, uh, and adjusted it to make it a little bit more punchy. So the reason it's broken into three pieces is to increase the responses, turn it into a faster paced back and forth. It's, hey, Adrian. And then he responds. Hey, it's Ronan Pessar with the call guys. How have you been? He responds. And then I get into, look, I know no one likes getting a cold call. I mean, no one, especially not on, on a Thursday afternoon. So do you mind if I tell you why I'm calling? And then you can decide if you want to hang up on me. Is that fair? Disclosure, he knows who I am, what I'm calling about, and it's a cold call. So this what's is, an important... Uh, sorry, didn't mean to talk about you. No, I was going to say, this is a great one to try out if you're looking for beginner level and one that's been proven to work. Absolutely. Um, Renan, I teach this constantly. Now, there, there was a small caveat here. Some of you attending might be using dialing tools or dialing solutions. Uh, Renan, I actually are huge advocates of dialing tools and dialing solutions because not enough people pick up the phone. If you're using a tool, you might have to change this up because you might not be able to see the prospect name. So in that case, it's simple to take off number one and we skip to number two. You open every call with, hey, Kevin with the call guys, how you been? And then you start from there. So that's just a, a little caveat I want to throw in there because some people in the audience might be like, well, I don't know the name of the prospect or there's a beep. It happened quickly. So it, it, it does tend to, to change a little bit depending on your setup. That's true. Yeah. If you're using uh, one of those rapid pace parallel dialers, you, you got to change the name of the prospect to something else. Love this. And, and and you you bring out a good point there. Um, you make it feel very warm. And the way that you phrase the permission makes it very hard to say no to, I think is a big key here, right? It's like no one likes a cold call, right? But how about you just hear me out what I have? And if you want, you can just hang up, right? It's, it's exactly. super, super uh, lightly uh, provided, easy to take in. So and you know what? What's even better than that is almost 50% of the time it gets a chuckle too. And the way I deliver it, if you guys want to copy it, I'll do it really slow. And then if you want, feel free to DM me. I'll send you some YouTube links from people who have done it well that I found. But it kind of sounds like this. Look, Kevin, I know no one. And I mean, nobody likes getting a cold call, especially not on a Thursday afternoon. So do you mind if I tell you why I'm calling? And then you can decide if you want to hang up on me. Is that fair? Sure. Go ahead. You throw that little chuckle in, right? As you're saying, I, I know no one, as you say, no one, you chuckle a little bit. I know no one likes getting a cold call. The reason you chuckle is it sort of disarms what you're going to say, the cold call part. And then later you go, Can I, uh, mind if I tell you why I'm calling chuckle again, because you're about to ask them for something. So the laughing is a signal that tells people this is friendly. I'm going to disarm that thing in your head that is going to go off 
in a second and say, I don't want to talk to this person by laughing. So we, we trained this, uh, this thing called tactical tone in our bootcamp. And this is one of the ways to use it. Little chuckles throughout the cold call. Love it. And I, it's great that you're mentioning tone here because I want to show the audience how important it is. And we have a few ways that we talked about how to get better at controlling your tone. So Kevin, when it comes to these different steps, what can you tell me? I know you mentioned volume pace and it equals energy, but why is that the case? Well, this goes back to what we're talking about with what makes up communication. Uh, cold calling is super unique in that, boom, you're in someone's ear out of the blue. You are a, you know, the one of the metaphors I've heard about this is cold calling kind of taps on the evolutionary part of our brain that back in the day, thousands of years ago, if you heard a noise, you know, if you're in a cave or if you're in the brush, you heard a noise, you don't think positively of it right? You think I have to defend myself, mm -hmm. right? Grab our spear and let's go kill the mountain lion or whatever it is, right? So cold calling is a bit like that where someone thinks of the phone, they go, who is it? What's going on? Tone is the ability to convey that you are not the stranger in the night that's here to steal the food. You're someone who's here that is friendly, that is knowledgeable, that understands what this person is doing in their career, in their job. And the way that we teach this in our boot camp is really with those two things. It's the volume uh, uh, and how fast you're going to talk, volume and pace. And the way you can modulate that up and down, talk at a louder pace, talk louder, use silence, talk fast, get a point across, or to slow down. When you combine those things, it equals that energy. And the energy is all about tone. So, um, that, that really is key to, to getting people to, to, to take a step back and, and relax in the first five to six seconds because we know their instinct is not a positive one when they pick up a full ball. This is very true. And it, it reminds me of this quote that you had here, Ronan. You mentioned that you want to get your prospect out of heuristic thinking and into right. conscious thinking. So how does this relate to tone? Yeah, and look, I wish I could claim any level of originality or responsibility for this research because the guys who came up with this won the Nobel Prize. So like, you know, it was some serious <laughs> shit that they came up with. Yeah, no, big deal. no no big deal. One of them is no longer yeah. alive. So the two gentlemen are Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman. They are known for uh, behavioral psychology and economics. There's a really popular book they put out called Think Fast, Think Slow, super dense, but here's the big idea they came up with. We do these things all the time, every day, make decisions. Decisions are key, right? We make tons of decisions automatically. Perfect example, if you think about the last time you drove somewhere, did you pay attention to your foot pressing the gas, your foot moving over, pressing the brake, shifting, steering, blinker, changing the music? You don't think about it. You just do it automatically. So they call that heuristic thinking, automatic thinking. Now, this is great. It serves us really well as humans. We need this. Otherwise, we would be destroyed and wouldn't be able to get anything done because we'd have to think about how to do everything all the time. Now, here's where it backfires. And this is why they won the Nobel Prize. It backfires when there's something called bias. A bias is an incorrect assumption and a bad choice as a result. Classic example, I get a cold call from someone and they go, uh, hey, uh, is this Ronan? Uh, how are you? I 
um, you know, I have something that I would love to show you. All of a sudden, I immediately have a bias that this person is a salesperson, not just a salesperson, a slimy salesperson, mm. someone who's trying to take advantage of me. Why do I have that bias? I don't know. My guess is like media, the movies, things like Glengarry, Glenn Ross, The Wolf of Wall Street have trained us to believe that salespeople are all slimy and in it for their own money. So that's my, th whatever, you come up with your own reason why. So the, yeah. the goal of the cult call is to essentially shift your prospects as fast as you can from their automatic response into actually being present, pulling them into it. And the way to do that is to use pattern interruptions. A pattern interruption is the key to breaking heuristic automatic thinking and shifting the prospect into conscientious, effortful thought of like, wait, who is this? I'm actually now present. I'm thinking. And you can hear this in call recordings. You can hear this in your prospect's voice when they say things like 45 seconds into the call. Wait, who is this again? You know they weren't paying attention the whole time. Or when you're like, hey, it's run out from the call. Ah, sorry, I'm running into a meeting. I can't talk to you. Click. Like that's heuristic automatic thinking. To shift them, the best way to use an evergreen pattern interruption that will never go out of fashion is your tone, is controlling the way you deliver it. So true. So true. Now, I want to hear from our audience. Put a one in the chat if you've ever seen this shift in your prospect on the call where they're like, wait, wait who is this again? Actually, now that you mention it, like, tell me if you guys have seen this. I'm already getting, seeing a lot of ones here in the chat with 100%. It is very true. You notice, you can hear the shift from that I am on autopilot to now I'm here with you on this call. So let's dive a little bit deeper into these tones. Now, on the pre-call, Kevin, you mentioned that there were three different types. Can you break these down for me? And why are there only three? It's a great question. So um, there are a lot more types, obviously. We, we, we could have the, uh, the stern professional downtown. We can have the super authoritative tone. Uh, Ronan and I talk about this in our bootcamp. The big three that are easiest for people to replicate and get the best results across the breadth of the experience that Ronan and I have had, right? In between Ronan and I, we've made like a million cold calls for a, a lot of different organizations. So these three are the ones that work the best on the average. Now, that being said, there, you could be selling to an audience that needs that downtime, that really authoritative, you know, if you're talking to, uh, you know, super corporate environment, it could be a little different. But the big three tones are friendly, confident, and funny. Um, the, the last one there, funny, being actually what I would call a, a bit more of a challenging tone to master. There's a fine line between a little giggle and Mr. Giggly Goo, where People are just going to not take you seriously on the phone. So um, I think uh, the, the confident piece is really one that comes with a lot of different repetition. If you know your script, you can confidently say what you're going to say. Then it comes across as, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. Friendly is probably the easiest tone. It's exactly what Ronan talked about earlier. Pretend like that is your friend on the phone. Open that conversation like you're calling your best buddy to say what's up. And what that's also going to do is it's going to take that person out of their heuristic brain. And my the metaphor I use is pinball, right? The pinball is going into their brain and they're saying, okay, it, his name's Kevin. I know somebody named Kevin. I don't think I should know him. He said, oh, guys, I, I call guys all the time, but like, not this guy. Do I know him? Do I know him? Um, and that's 
when you use a friendly tone, you get people thinking. When they get thinking, then we can start to probe and provoke, which kind of leads into what we should probably talk about next year a little bit, which is how to transition. How to transition is a big topic. How do we actually transition into the value prop? And I want to know from our audience, do you guys struggle with bringing up the value prop? Do you feel like you're pitching? Because I, I know I've been there myself. I'm like, oh man, here comes a pitch. He's going to hang up. Or do you feel like you're super confident in transitioning to it and you can deliver that smoothly? We'd love to hear from you all. So let's get into it. You have a value proposition. How do you transition into it well? Ronan, one thing you said in the pre-call is you got to act like you have a guardrail where you're just leading them down a path until you get to it. Can you tell me more about that? Absolutely. So even though he's got uh, not the greatest reputation, Jordan Belfort does have some great tactics that we've adapted and he calls us the straight line method. And it, it's exactly what it sounds like. So he's came up with the best term for it too. It's a straight line. You want to get your prospects from A to B. Sales calls are not the same as the rest of your conversations. The difference is you do have an agenda. You do have a goal in mind. Your goal is to usually, for most of us on the, on the webinar today, probably get to get a meeting with your prospect, get some time on their calendar. Now, here's the second hotly debated topic on LinkedIn. People will often aggressively take the other side of this camp, which is, no, ask open-ended questions. What do you mean? Don't ask closed-ended questions. And they get like all furious ab about it in their you know, you know, it's coming from their limbic brain, not from their prefrontal cortex. Yes, I was a psych minor. I think I'm a therapist. Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Kevin knows this all too well. <laughs> so the approach, in. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the, the approach that we take is this approach of like, use a series of strategic closed-ended questions to sort of guide your prospect to continuously answer, what is this about? But with more specificity. And the questions that we gear people towards, and we'll have to do a future session on this one, is what we call our probe and provoke method. Um, it's very similar to like the Lau's mic drop. If you've seen that one on LinkedIn, I saw someone comment on that earlier. Only we've made it more accessible and and simplified it for people. Um, but Bilal is, is brilliant. Love his approach. The goal here is to get these simple yes, no answers so that you can end with an open-ended question, which leads to the conversation. 100% of the time when I have gotten through the series of four to five questions with the prospect from the opener to the end of the question, a conversation ensues. So if I get through all, all five questions, a conversation will always take place at the end. And that's the goal. Our goal is to have conversations first, to be able to chat with the prospect. And we do this by helping them understand what this is about, and then more specifically what it's about, and then maybe we poke at a pain point and then maybe we dangle like a future value that they could have and, and, you know, try to get some curiosity, elicit some curiosity out of them as to whether they've ever considered getting that kind of a value. And if they'd ever spend a few minutes to like look into if it would give them the same value. So a little bit of a sneak peek into how that pro provoke framework works. This is great. I absolutely love this. You want to really guide them. Like you said, Kind of like you want to dangle, you know, the, the the end result a little bit along. You want to guide them that way until you finally nail it with the open-ended question. Now, I want to give us enough time for this last slide here, but I do think people need to know where can they find you, Kevin? Where can the people find you? Yeah, uh, we are we are really big on LinkedIn, but you know, one of the things that Ron and I are offering today as a special 
uh, thing for all the JV sales listeners is we have a public facing bootcamp where you can get real nerdy with us and get really good at cold calling. It's a four week thing. We're starting a cohort next week. So we are dropping, uh, running, drop our, our things, but we have a special discount code. I believe it sell better for anyone that jo- wants to take their cold calling game seriously and join us with a bit of a discount. Fantastic. And Ronan, is LinkedIn the best place to find you as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So I just dropped our links to make it easy for everyone there. Feel free to connect with us if you have questions or you want something uh, deeper or for us to expand on something. Also, Kevin and I put out a ton of content. Um, We give a lot of the stuff away. We also have a live cold calling show where you can hear us and watch us cold call. And so we take the stuff that we do on that cold call show. And this is what we train in the boot camp uh, that Kevin had just mentioned here and that we just dropped the link for it. With that promo code, by the way, you get 15% off of the uh, actual, the next boot camp, which starts next week. So if you do that uh, before we get started next week, um, yours to take advantage of if you're ready for us to take you through all these things we mentioned today and and so much more. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. We should mention that we also do corporate training too. So we do, we can train your sales team and we also build SDR teams and consulting. So we do more than the public facing bootcamp, but we are the call guys and we love cool calls. That they do. If you guys haven't picked up on it already, they're extremely <laughs> passionate on cold calling. <laughs> so I want to get to this last slide because I think it's a very important point. Um, people have a lot of solutions, right? And when it comes down to it, they feel like they get a little bit overwhelmed. They're like, how, what do I tell them? What, what value prop do I lead into? So Kevin, you had a great point in our pre-call. You have to pick a horse. What did you mean by that? Yeah, and this is this is tough, right? Because uh, I've I've been there. I've worked for companies where you know the marketing team is telling you an orientation. We do, and you're like, oh my god, this is the greatest solution ever, and it serves every need for every company, and everybody loves everything we do. When it comes to cold calling, you can't show up and open up your your you know your kimono full of trinkets and say, hey, I got 17 things I do. What interests you the most? the cold call we have to be very specific so this is where the the thing you have to pick a horse to ride comes from right now the the obvious question there is okay if i choose if i lead with the one solution the one value problem but i know i have more what if they don't have a problem with that and they're not looking for that solution like they're doing really well in that area well that's where this technique that we teach called problem stacking problem stacking is the idea that we are not surprised if they are all set on the first thing that we talk about, the first thing that we offer. Um, there's a great transition statement that Ronan uses here, and that is pretty much just saying, hey, I totally understand. One more question for you. And when people say like one more question, they say, oh, yeah, totally, totally get it. You know, one more thing before you go. People don't hang up right away. They're, they're, they go, okay, and? And that's another opportunity to probe and provoke on a completely different topic or a completely different value or business problem that you're trying to go after. So, uh, you know, long story short on this is the, the unfortunate news is if you sell a bunch of different things, you got a bunch of different value you do, you got to lead with one. Gotcha. Don't open up saying we do this, 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 this. Yeah. Not just to be overwhelmed, but okay. be ready to problem stack. Be ready to transition that conversation and say, hey, one more question for you before you go. The, the gold nugget that will work really well. I like that. Now, we have about two minutes left, and I want to do a quick Q&A. 
Now, Ronan, I see here that Sharavan asks, can you give us an example of a close-ended question, close-ended question into an open-ended question? Yeah, so I'll share the last company um, I work for, Stylo. I helped them get their first customer and then their first 15 customers, as well as to their first um, VC-led round through cold calling. Like, that's all I did. And so the question I used for them, it's a customer support tool using AI. So I called customer support VPs and directors, and I would say this to them. So this is the probe provoke framework, right? So my probe was, um, after the opener, I'd say, hey, out of curiosity, do you already have a way to identify which customer left their support interaction feeling the most frustrated out of the thousands you got this month? And usually the person would say yes or no. So if they say yes, I know they have either a competitor or some old school way of just tracking things. So like an old school way in that case would be a CSAT survey, a competitor would be another AI tool. If they said no, I would make sure to, again, disarm a little bit by saying, look, I'm not trying to get you or anything. I'm not calling your baby ugly. Like I'm sure you're a wonderful support leader. Have you ever considered technology that automatically scans and analyzes the emotion of every single customer interaction. So you can identify the most upset customer before it becomes a full-fledged fire drill that lands on your desk three days later. I like that. And that's it. I'm provoking them. I'm trying to get them to be like, ooh, I don't like fire drills. Like, yeah, (laughs) tell me more. And nine out of 10 times they respond with, oh, how do you do that? Are you talking about sentiment analysis? They'd be like, I am. And better than that, that's why I'm calling you. And then we get into the close. And we can do a whole session on just closing right too. Um, but that that's an example of the pro provoke, close-ended, close-ended, and then the conversation ensues. Phenomenal. Well, this conversation has been absolutely gem-filled. So everyone, be sure to re-watch it when you get the recording. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you so much, Ronan. We're really looking thank forward you. to having you on again. And thank you to everybody too who engaged in the chat. Love to see you here, and we will catch you on the next one. See you later. Thanks so much, Adrian. Cheers. Bye, everyone.